Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends and two dogs discuss movies <laughs> that they love, but maybe nobody else does. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Normally, each of us picks movies that are underappreciated. We're just going to skip that. And <laughs> But it's still Christmas picks, and Elaine has a very special Christmas pick. I've given myself the gift of Ant-Man, my favorite Marvel MCU movie. <laughs> you made a face as if your cocktail was not quite whiskey rific. That's not true. <laughs> Maybe he, despite his knowledge of what your favorite MCU movie is, this still makes a face when you say it. <laughs> it's not a secret. This is your favorite favorite of all of this them? This is my favorite. So she's like, hey, let's watch an MCU movie. She's like, Ant-Man. This is my favorite one. This is the one that oh, I doesn't pick this. think is the best. John? Your favorite? Endgame. Carly? Ragnarok. Ragnarok? That's a strong pick. That's my number two. I think Ragnarok might be the best one that was made, but it's not my favorite. Tony, what's yours? If that makes sense. Either, it's it's tough because it's either Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, or Infinity War. It's one of those three. I feel like Age of Ultron is a controversial. I know, but that's, I love that one so much. But if you say to me at any point in time, that was the first Disney movie. let's watch yeah. an MCU movie, which one do you want to watch? I'm I'm pretty much always going to pick Ragnarok because it's just fun. I support that. <laughs> we watched Ragnarok. We haven't watched it the last year, but so many. Like, I think. I have. I, no, I meant as our go-to. <laughs> but I think in 2022, we probably watched it 60 times. Wow. <laughs> That's more than I have watched it. <laughs> and you know what, what ruined it was Love and Thunder. Yeah. Because the sequel to it was so bad, it ruined. It didn't ruin it for me. I don't care. Like, it brought it down. It was so bad, it brought it down. Yeah. It was like um, Anchorman. Sure Anchorman was two. good. Anchorman 2 was so Guardians bad, like, I don't even want to watch the first one now. is my number two, and oh, Ragnarok yeah. is three. I like that one, too. <laughs> What's number two? Guardians. The first one? Yeah. Solid pick. And I think Ragnarok is three, and then Guardians 2 is four. All right, we don't have to give the top ten here. Let's get moving on this thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so this movie has a 7.3 out of 10 and a 64% Metacritic. It has an 83 thermometer and an 85 audience score. It had a budget of $130 million, which seems low. It does. <laughs> and in the United States, it only grossed 180. But really? worldwide, it grossed $519 million. Yeah, in the U.S., it didn't really do very good. And I feel like most of these Marvel movies, are, they're not making their money in the United States. No, they're making their money China. overseas. Like, they're really... So China is big time with Marvel, and if your movie doesn't go do good in China, it's killing it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the only place they're making their money. Like, the last couple of Fast and Furious movies didn't do well in the U.S. at all, but they're huge in China. Same with Transformers. Yeah. Well, because there's so many people. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a market. Meg. <laughs> One of the reasons Meg was so big because half the movie was in China. So. Meg is great. Meg 2, The not Trench, so not so much, unfortunately. I still never watched that. You didn't miss much. <laughs> I haven't seen either. It's on HBO Max. Well, this was directed by Peyton Reed. He also he directed all three of the Ant-Mans. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, the Computer Who Wore Tennis Shoes. I Bring missed it, that one. Bring it on. The first one? Uh, yes. Mm. Welcome back to the podcast, Down With Love. Oh, I do like that. Which one was that? The breakup. Renee Zellweger and Ewan McGregor. 
Yeah, he's <laughs> one of the sixties. <laughs> he also did the breakup. Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, man. Movie with uh, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he. Yeah, I like that. I, I can see why. Like looking at his other movies, he's kind of a lighthearted comedy kind of a mm-hmm. dude, which mm-hmm. I think was a good choice and was very different than the other MCU movies. So what you're saying is they they took somebody who had experience in these kind of movies and hired him to do a movie. Yes. Novel idea. That's, that's not what they always do, though. That's not a Marvel idea right anymore. now. <laughs> like, hey, but what has this person done? They made one independent film that was a documentary. Give an MCU. There were five writers listed as credited, and of course. Five? Yes. One Jack, probably Stanley. Stanley and yeah. Jack Kirby. So. Eh. And then um, the two main writers were Edgar Wright, who also, welcome back to the podcast from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mm-hmm. But he also did the screenplay for Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and Baby Driver. And then that was a weird movie. Joel Cornish, who uh, the only things that I had heard of that he wrote was Attack the Block and then The Adventures of Tintin, which Edgar Wright also co-wrote with him. And then um, Adam McKay, who's Will Ferrell's writing partner, who writes all of the Will Ferrell movies. Mm-hmm. Um, is credited, but farther down, so I think he did a treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we this stars Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. Never Paul, heard of him. What's he been in? Clueless, Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer, Anchorman 1 and 2, Knocked Up, Role Models, very underrated. You, love, we, we should do role, role models, models on the podcast. I check it like once a year just to make sure it's not... That the ratings wasn't been wasn't he let was me do it. in Night at the Museum as a tertiary object, but he's yeah. welcome back yep. to the pond. Uh, also, I love you, man, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. I feel like let's do it. They're making another Four Ghostbusters. Months. That movie's yeah. better than it has any right to be. I I was all down for it. I'm like, cool, man. I love Ghostbusters. Let's do it. But then they're all Ghostbusters in it, and I'm like, the mom's a Ghostbuster, and Paul Rudd's a Ghostbuster. And I'm like, what are we doing? The kids are Ghostbusters. It's like they're busting ghosts, man. Know, Somebody's got to boast guts, like the Incredibles. <laughs> Somebody has to bust ghosts? Yeah, but they're little kids. It's cool that you forced it in the first movie and she had to do it because she knew how to do it. But I'm not like, all right, cool. My 12-year-old knows how to do this. Go take this nuclear accelerator and go catch spirits. Like, what? Yeah, here's a positron. What parent are you? <laughs> go hunt monsters with so this nuclear she weapon. She obviously doesn't So if you cross the streams work. with these toys, you might end all of existence. Yeah. So, yeah, give them a little kids. But that's kids. not what happens. It just sends Gozer back. <laughs> that time. <laughs> Maybe you need the presence of Gozer or th- that happens. Well, that's an interesting theory. Hopefully we'll discuss it in the new Ghostbusters movie. I'm not watching it. All right. Then we have Evangeline Lilly as Hope, who I thought had a bigger career than she really did. Because mm-hmm. she only has like 29 acting credits. She was but she was in Freddy vs. Jason. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, but that was a Also, <laughs> The Hurt thing. Locker, Real Steel, and uh, of course The Hobbit Trilogy, which she's great in. And, is uh, she? Uh, yes. And the Hobbit trilogy is not great, but <laughs> I remember her from I was uh, when I was out of high school. She she was on this late night commercial because I couldn't sleep, and she would always come on late at night. And she'd be like, "Call me at one eight hundred or something something." So and you I, called her? No. But, yeah, he did. But I, no, I did. <laughs> but I do remember. I was like, "God, that chick is hot." And then later, seeing her in movies and stuff, I was like, "I think that's the same chick." And then I looked it up on YouTube, and I was like, "That is the chick from Live Live Links or Live Lines mm-hmm. or whatever." Love it's funny how people, you see people in old commercials. Then we have Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. He is someday going to be on the podcast for Romancing the Stone, fingers crossed. Oh. Uh, fate, he was also in Fatal Attraction, Wall Street, War of the Roses, Basic Instinct, 
the American president, and welcome back to the podcast from Haywire. So I read in the trivia that Paul Rudd was trying to get him to do the dialogue from Basic Instinct, and Paul Rudd was being uh, Shannon, uh, mm-hmm. Sharon Stone character, mm-hmm. and Michael Douglas was like, are you a fucking pervert? <laughs> Yeah, don't fuck with Douglas, man. I want to do War of the Roses. I really like that movie. Danny DeVito? I yeah, remember it's it. really funny. <laughs> and or then... I was, anyway. All right, put it on your list. And then we have Corey Stoll, who plays Darren. He was in the movie The Number 23. He was in Salt. He was in was House of Cards. He was really good in that. He was in, this, he was in Billions. He was the replacement for the main character in Billions. And now it did so bad they brought back the main character to try to finish off the series. And I haven't seen that season yet because the last season with him is the main role. He's not bad in it. It's just not right. And then he was in a movie called The First Man, which is a movie where he plays Buzz Aldrin, which seems like it could be interesting. Then we have Bobby Cannavale, who plays Paxton. Welcome back to the podcast from the other guys. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle and chef. Mm-hmm. Judy Greer plays Jura- um, Maggie. Welcome back to the podcast from 27 Dresses. She was also in Jurassic World, The Wedding Planner, and What Women Want, which was a movie John wanted to watch the other day, and I said, no thank you. Was she in... <laughs> she also in Jawbreaker. Wasn't she in 18 again? Wasn't she the mom in that? No. Who was that? In 13... No. That was Leslie. What's she was in oh, thir- Leslie, 13 going yeah. on 30. That's what it was. Okay. I get them all. Uh, then we have, of course, the great Michael Pena as Lewis, who... <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast from Gone in 60 Seconds and Gangster Squad. Get your Squad. Eating dog shit. <laughs> he was also in Fury um, and American Hustle. And then he's been in three movies that I kind of want to see. He was in Moonfall, that ridiculous movie where the moon fell. Uh, he was in the remake of Fantasy <laughs> no. Island. Could you say, Carly, what do you think Moonfall is about? You I think would, James Bond. I would not have thought and, the moon falls. That's <laughs> right there in the title. But the moon can't fall. But he was in Fantasy Island. That's not how it works. And I didn't even know this was a thing. He was in the remake of Chips. Where did the moon fall to? (laughs) Then it didn't fall. It collided. (laughs) And we're done. Oh, man. Because I was like, oh, well, the moon's smaller than the earth. Yes, but when something the fourth of the size of the earth crashes into it, it's over. Pretty sure the moon explodes and half of it falls to earth oh only half oh oh well then we're fine well no, I, don't think, I don't think we, we are, are fine our tides are all fucked up we might have a water world situation <laughs> that the, the fact that wanted... half of a moon collided with the planet <laughs> killed everything be, it's supposed to be real bad hey and remember I when that it. asteroid that was i don't know it does sound like right the size of texas and it killed all life for millions of years what do you okay. think would happen if the moon did that then we have David Duchovny. No. <laughs> Why don't you love me, David Duchovny? I'm going to kill Scully. I think it's Dustmalchian. Uh, he plays Kurt. You need to hurry up because okay. I'm drinking way faster uh, than you're He's reading. in Dune and the terrible Suicide Squad movie. He was the Polka Dot Man. The Suicide oh. Squad, yeah. Then we so have awesome. T.I. So I've never seen yeah. Polka Dot Man in person, and I saw it, and I was like, wow, that's even lamer than in comics. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked it. Um, no one likes Then Kurt we have... Uh, no, he's not. T.I., who plays Dave. Uh, welcome back to the movie from Takers. He was mm-hmm. also an American gangster, Get Hard, and uh, Monster Hunter, another movie I really want to see. <laughs> then we have um, special mention to Wood Harris, who plays Gail, 
who is Paxton, his other cop that works with Paxton. He uh, was in Creed and Judge Dredd and um, Remember the Titans, which is a movie I fucking love. Sunshine. And then um, Cassie is played by Abby Ryder Forreston. And the only reason I bring it up is because she was in Playing It Cool. She was? Yes, she played Little Kid. (laughs) Interesting. I believe she's billed as the little girl. Because she was not in it's the been, Was she in the sequel? No, they Yes. I thought they somebody said. Well they changed it in the third she, one. She was in Ant Man. She and was in Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. But she was not she in Ant Man. She wasn't in Ant Man Quantumania. Yeah. Because I know they changed her in from Endgame to in Quantumania. Yeah, they changed her in Endgame when they needed grown up Cassie. I don't think she was old enough to play grown up Cassie, mm-hmm. but I mean she might have been, but it's hard to say. What I, year did this come out? Uh, Ant-Man 2015. is 2015. 2015. Okay. Yeah. So eight years. almost 10 yeah. years ago. All right. Uh, does anybody have any trivia or tangents they'd like to talk about before we begin? I didn't read the trivia for this. John gave up because it apparently had more trivia than Cobra. Dude, I really? got... Yeah, I was reading for like 20 minutes and it was... The little slide bar was still at the top. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah. know, if you ever get stuck in an elevator... And you finish the Cobra trivia. <laughs> then you're going perhaps, to starve to death. <laughs> but before you go, suck up on some of that sweet, sweet Ant-Man trivia. <laughs> Could be good. I don't know. I didn't read it. So the movie starts and it opens in 1989. We see Hank Pym is at... Your Batman came out. Nutch cha-cha. Shield headquarters. And he's angry because he has found out that they are trying to steal his research. His Pym particles. His Pym particles. He's so angry, he quits, and he vows that no one will get his formula. And she doesn't say that Maggie Carter and Howard Stark are in the room. Maggie Carter and Howard Stark and the other guy whose name I didn't and write And the bad down. guy. And they're our tertiary villain. And it's interesting because they're all aged down and mm-hmm. she's aged up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is, what, two years before Howard Stark bites the big one? I guess. Mm-hmm, because he... Uh, Mission Report, December 16, 1991. So, yeah. Am I the only one who remembers that? Yes. <laughs> and um, so the guy, the bad guy, tertiary villain, whose name I can't remember. He was my friend. Um, so was I. Gets in Hank's face and Hank punches him. And uh, he's surprised by how hard Hank hits. But anyways, he says that uh, no one will ever get his research. He quits, and no one will get his research while he's alive. Consider this my resignation. Well, it's not accepted. (laughs) Tough shit. And then um, the bad guy tells Stark that they need to stop him, and Stark is like, he just kicked your ass full size. Do you really want to know what it's like when you can't see him coming? Can't afford to go to war with him. That's true. Shrinking tech is really something. Yeah. Is it? Mm -hmm. Something made up. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it would be very powerful. Mm-hmm. Because now you could have power sources. You could have flying cars and hoverboards and stuff like that. Because the only thing that really stops us from making everything is the size of power supplies. So if you could have a if you could have a fucking nuclear power plant the size of this phone, fuck it, you can make helicarriers. Because it doesn't matter how much power you're using, you know. But the weight to power ratio is always a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. If if that works that way, because I don't understand the science. Like battery powered cars. I don't are really think it does. Sometimes weight matters, and sometimes it doesn't. So, so your like, your battery powered cars are really heavy because mm-hmm. batteries are heavy. Right. Yeah, I but, feel like. It, but Scott weighs two hundred and twenty when he's the size of an ant. 
Yeah, that's kind of he can't. But why does he the, can't. why does Thomas the Tank Engine crush cop cars then? Why doesn't it weigh a gram? Right. So the the math does not check out. So they pay fa- they play fast and loose on that. Like yeah, a little bit. Like he yeah. carries around a tank in his pocket the entire movie. Yeah. Because it's supposed to weigh, I don't know, like 16 tons. Yeah, at least. <laughs> He's just carrying it around. I'm also certain that if you shrink the size of the space between atoms, it doesn't work like that. No, well, of the, course not. So if you spe- in theory, if you take away the space between the atoms, the density doesn't change. So right. you should still weigh whatever the object right. weighs should be. Which is very dangerous. Yeah, but they don't So do it that. would be a 200-pound man, man is about you know, the size yeah, of an ant. But an ant can't right. pick up a 200-pound man. Right. No. <laughs> so that's why they play a little fast and loose. That's why Hank Pym's walking around with a tank in his pocket because the science doesn't need to sometimes really work. It's a comic book. Spoilers. Sometimes it weighs what it needs to. Right. Like when he falls onto the the ground, it breaks the porcelain. Yeah. Which it would because it's 200 pounds the size of an ant. Now they say his density <laughs> changes and gets he gets way harder. So I guess... You know, that's fine. He could survive a fall and break whatever he hits. But but if you take the dense the, the space away in atoms like that, he wouldn't be able to move. Right. He would freeze. Yeah. He'd be a lump. Yeah. Oh, also, it's cool. quantum. So. Well. Also. You put, you put the word quantum. It's in pretend. Anything. This is more yet more pseudoscience. Yeah. Um, but I do I do like in this movie. It doesn't seem to do this as they go. But in this movie. All that stuff bothers me because I'm like, you can't breathe, you can't see, all that bullshit, whatever, when you're little. But he seems like he has an oxygen tank with him so that the suit protects him from being little, which is awesome. But later, three movies down, they're just like, whatever, man, you don't but need all that shit. But in the next movie, they're shrinking the van. Yeah, <laughs> with people in it. <laughs> which, now, they talk about that in this movie, that the shrinking technology messes with your brain, and that's why you have yeah. the protective helmet. But if they know that... They might put put in that same protection in their rally case of cars. Right. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Yeah. Then there's the third movie where they're just like, fuck it. Also, um, Scott kind of just shovels that off. Yeah. Because he's like, why don't you do it? Because, well, if you shrink and unshrink too many times. I don't mean to <laughs> spoil your shit. If you shrink and shrink too many times, it messes you up and it hurt takes a toll on your body. Okay. So what are we doing? I'm like, wait, no, then I'm not doing shit. Because he shrinks and unshrinks. A lot. A lot of times this movie. Well, also, the other thing, the other thing, we'll get there, but she, Darren is getting crazier and crazier, and Hope says that's the particles messing with you, but we never, but Darren didn't even protect, or finally get it to shrink until, like, the very fucking end. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like he was shrinking this whole time. We should have had a, we should have had a a second where um, Pim picks up his orange Pim particles and, and scans it and is like... Mm, this isn't the same. This isn't as good as mine. So the in, the nuts factor is gonna be worse because if you shrink less or something, they could have done something like that. That and that character's crazy because when he comes back in the third movie, he's just nutso. Yeah, nuts he's nuts. also never mind. I won't talk about it. A giant head. <laughs> he's crying. He's, he's sort not of like crying, but he is sort of like crying. He is sort of like crying. You got me there. <laughs> um. So then we flash to the present or to nineteen. 19- or to 2015. 2015. I was going to say 1995. Jesus Christ. <laughs> to 1985. Springsteen, Madonna, way before Nirvana. Also, I just saw this. If they were to write a song right now in the same amount of distance when that song came out, it would be called 2004. Oof. <laughs> Thanks. That's what I said. What was it? Bowling for Soup. Did you know that we are closer to fighting a T-Rex than a stegosaurus 
because there's more years between when a Stegosaurus was alive and when a T-Rex was alive. Stegosaurus is like 120 million. T-Rex yeah. is 65. And we're only 65. So we are closer to fighting a T-Rex than, than a, a T-Rex Stegosaurus. was to fighting a Stegosaurus. Just, yep. Yeah. Oh, there's a cherry in there. I was like, there's something in my drink. <laughs> <laughs> He's drunk already. Not that. I didn't notice that until you you really? put there. I was like, there's... and you see all those floating things? There's that's, an eyeball. That's lemon. Oh, okay. God, that's funny. All right, so we flash to the present. Scott is getting beat up in prison. You need to hurry up because I'm really? done here. But it's yeah, evidently not that good. Mine's done. It, but it's a goodbye ritual, and he's getting uh, paroled. He's picked up from prison by Luis. And they discuss how great Luis's life has been since he got out of prison. Not really very great. No, his girlfriend left him. His mom died. His dad got deported. deported. But he got the van. And it's a nice van. And Scott is going to be sleeping on his couch. Um, Luis tells him that he's got some people he wants him to meet. They could do some great things. And Scott's like, no, I am going legit. I don't want to go back to prison. I just want to see my kid. Mm-hmm. And Luis is like, it's not easy out there for ex-cons. And I'm here for a pound. <laughs> Scott is like, no, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to be a good dude. Then we see Scott working at Baskin Robbins. Because he has a master's in electrical engineering, so he should be able to get a job. But and I pointed out that he's super smart Robbins. in this movie. And then in all the other movies, he's standing next to like Tony Stark. and I mean, he has a master's Bruce in Banner, electrical And he looks like an idiot. And it's like, that's smart to like us, but to... Then you stand next to Bruce Once Banner. Once in a lifetime geniuses. He's, he's like, how many PhDs does, does Bruce Banner have? Seven. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I have a master. He's like, oh, really? So That's Tony, cute. Tony changed the face of technology. You have a PhD in electrical <laughs> engineering. <laughs> it's like if John was standing in the Avengers compound. Sure, he's the smartest person we know, but if you met the actual Avengers, then he'd be like Homer Simpson. I'd be standing next to Captain <laughs> America going, it appears we made out of electricity. <laughs> and well, then um, wrong. so we see Scott working at ba- so at Baskin Robbins and his boss comes into his office and he is being fired because he lied on his application and he's actually a felon because he did the background check because Baskin Robbins always finds out which they say more than once in this movie which is kind of funny <laughs> and I wish yeah. it had been a three line in all the different Ant-Man movies yeah Baskin um, Robbins dropped some money in this movie I think yeah um, and then uh, he gets home that day. Are there any more Baskin Robbins around? Are there still any around? I think so. I don't yeah. know the last time I seen one. There's one um, on the boulevard, isn't there? There was. I think it closed. Yeah. Oh, I, no. I know there was one. Quick Google, where am I going to get a cookie puss for John's birthday? <laughs> well, that's Carvel. Yeah, I was say, oh, that's that is Car- Carvel. That's right. That Carvel is on the boulevard. Still. Yeah. That one's there used there. to be a Baskin Robbins on my well, Apparently, there's house. three of them. Hmm. Where are they at? Well, it's floating. Are they in Dunkin' Donuts? Is that the same place? There is one on Holland Road, yep. on Battlefield Boulevard, and Cedar Road, Chesapeake, Coliseum Drive in Hampton. Oh, there's one right by my office. Warwick Boulevard and Newport News. Now, I'm not going to Newport News for even if there are 31 flavors. <laughs> now I want ice cream. <laughs> Just go to the gelato place when we're done. Oh, so there's a gelato place, a town center, and there this is, is a gelato. Dairy Queen. No, I like gelato. I don't like Froyo. Because Froyo is yogurt that's pretending to be ice cream. Elaine has also decided recently that she doesn't like ice cream. You don't like ice cream? I No, that's not Carly, grab your stuff. (laughs) Do you know the difference between gelato and ice cream? No. 
Gelato's made with milk. Not ice cream. Not cream. Gelato's made with milk. Yeah. Ice cream's not made with milk? No, it's made with cream. Which is milk. No, it's not. It's heavy cream. Which is milk. Sort of. <laughs> but it's milk. <laughs> sort of. It's like it milk. Light. It's just milk that you went. No, honey, yeah. it's like milk. It's it's milk heavy. Yeah, it's milk light. <laughs> it's not milk light. It's, it's milk, milk heavy. Milk light. It's like light milk. So no, really milk is like light cream. Yeah, that. Anyway. So it's like half and half, but half of the half. <laughs> just the milk part of the half and half. Okay. Yeah, that's. Here's my thing about. That's why ice it's called cream. iced cream. I realized I don't like ice cream as much as I think I do. Because I only ever want one serving of ice cream. Okay. So whenever I buy, I'm like, ooh, I want ice cream. So I buy a pint of ice cream. And then I never eat it more than once. Because okay. I only ever want... A little bit. One well, serving you, you of ice cream. You can buy the little ones, too. I know. Okay. I'm just saying. I think I like ice cream a lot more than I do. Okay. That makes sense. I almost so think I'd rather have a popsicle. So being a felon. And the manager's yes. like, you want to take one of those mango fruity flavors... I won't say anything. Yep. And so then you see home. him walking out with the man. <laughs> like, I would if they fired him. Like, hey, you can take a free sample on the way. I'd be like, I'm sure. Sure. He comes home, and there's some guys in the apartment with Luis. And these guys are Kurt and Dave. And uh, Luis introduces Kurt as a gentleman with mad computer skills. Mad. Who can hack into anything. And Dave as a fantastic wheelman. And Scott is like, why are you telling me all these details about these guys? And he's like, well, I'm glad you asked because I got this job. And Scott is like, no, I'm not doing a job. I'm going straight. However, every interaction with Luis, Dave, and Kurt is the best thing about this movie. <laughs> I like in the sequel where it's like, oh, my God, go. Every five seconds because it's funny. I want to watch that one now. Okay. But not the third one because it's ass. I'll tell you what. When we're done recording, we'll go get some gelato. We'll come home and we'll watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. But I really don't like the Wasp. Actually, she's better in the second movie. I don't like her in this movie. Yeah, she's kind of a bitch in this one. But well, that's not her fault. She, it is 100% her fault. Well, she doesn't oh. know that Lang is cool and, and her dad's kind of pitting them against each other. She doesn't understand why her dad won't let her wear the suit. Yeah. So she takes it out on a completely innocent person. Yeah, because he's he her favorite. He said... Hit me. And he held up his hand. He didn't you, say you're where. You're trying to make excuses <laughs> for bad behavior. You're trying to make excuses for bad behavior and it makes you she sound like a bad person. She doesn't pretend to like him at any point. She doesn't pretend to be she... a good person at any point. Of course, she hits him in the face. Because she's a bad person. Hank arrives at Pimtech. He's been invited there because Darren is giving a presentation. We meet Hope. Did and she mention... seems to hate... Hank. Did you not mention where he walks in, puts the stuff in, like, do you have any ID? And he points to the painting on the wall. Yeah. I think that'll suffice. That was, that was pretty cool. And the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sir. And all the people are whispering, is that Hank That's Pim? Hank Pym. Oh, my God. And he's like, yes, I'm not dead. So. Pulls a Bruce Wayne. I'll never be that cool. Hank. Reminds me of that. You Thomas. have a painting of yourself. That's true. <laughs> Is that of him or is that of well, some, it's some weird giant? It's an interpretation of him. Yeah. Remember the uh, Thomas Crown Affair? His birthday will get a better one. So the Thomas Crown Affair, uh, Pierce Brosnan, Thomas Crown, walks in the building and he's like, excuse me. And the guy's like, what do you, own the building? And the guy with him goes, yes. <laughs> That's nice. Thomas Crown. Nice. Excuse me, sir. I want to be that cool. I'm never going to be that cool. You are that cool. You never cool. know. I'm, I don't have a building. 
But where you work, yeah, everybody you loves you. You're the greatest <laughs> jazz trialist. Everybody knows your name. Even people that you met one time remember who you are. Yeah, that and two bucks gave me a cup of coffee. But you are the greatest. <laughs> you are what? Hmm? <laughs> was it dog hair? John just picks it up. There was something I drank, but I threw it away. I keep going. There's well, alcohol. There's alcohol in there. Sterilize it. Oh, it's something. True. So, Darren leads uh, Hank and Hope into, along with a group of uh, government types. Government in, types. You know them government types. To a presentation. He tells them about the myth of the Ant-Man and shows them declassified video footage of a tiny man fighting men. Uh, and by tiny man, I mean a man the size of an ant. And he, Tales to Astonish. Like World War II footage. Do you know yeah. why he said Tales to Astonish? Because that's what... Um, the first appearance of Ant-Man was in a comic called Tales to Astonish. No, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. Marvel used to have kind of like a... Might more like an anthology thing. And they would just have characters in there before they gave them their own titles. I think it was called the uh, They're Trying Shit Out, See What Works. <laughs> Journey into Mystery. They had a few of them. Isn't well, that what Spider-Man first appeared in? Uh, Tales to Astonish? I don't think so. Or was it Journey into Mystery? I can't remember. I don't think that Thor happened. was in Journey into Mystery. Yes, he was. Anyways. So, um, he says that uh, it's become his mission to find this and recreate it. And that Hank always told him it was a myth and but now he has learned how to shrink inorganic matter and he has created the yellow back back it jacket. yellow jacket combat micro suit and i love how he how he treats that like that's dog shit he's like yeah we can and we can shrink inorganic matter I was like, uh, yes, that's like a big fucking deal. He acts dude. like it's everybody yeah, it's can like do it's, it. Uh, it's like we can that's half a breakthrough. No, no that's it's a, a breakthrough. full ass breakthrough right there, buddy. Think of how much money that would make him trillions. Oh God! Yeah, he would be a shipping yeah. magnet. There'd be him, then Mansa Musa, <laughs> in the history of people who are rich. Who's yeah. Mansa Musa? The richest man that ever lived. Who's that? He was an African king. Who was the richest person that ever lived on Earth ever? He was so rich when he went places, he ruined their economies. Like the Olympics? Sort of, Aww. yeah. But yeah, the British person ever's name was Mansa Musa. But yeah, okay. logistics, transportation, like everything would change. Yeah. Beyond belief. Like, oh my you god, it's gonna cost a million dollars to, to ship this tank. Yeah. Or 25 cents. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Would the supply chain would be a revelation? Um, All of a sudden, because if you shrink it, you can grow it. But he shows so now you can them have one turkey instead of having a ten-pound turkey. You can have a two hundred-pound. Shows turkey. them a video of the yellow the jacket hunger. in action, but it is clearly a computer-generated video, and he Which does not actually show them. He doesn't show sure. them a shrunken man. He's just kind of teasing this technology to this group. To, I guess, get more investors, perhaps, or increase interest or word of mouth. I don't Money. know. I don't really understand the point of the first presentation before he has actually perfected the technology. It's so they can show Hank Pym that he's close. Yes. I mean, I understand why the plot wants it, but I don't understand why Darren would do it. Because um, he can make a shitload of money doing that. Well, he should have already been making a shitload of money. So then... After the presentation, Hank urges Darren not to do this. 
that this he doesn't understand the power of the weaponry that he is hand he could be handing people and it would change the face of war as we know it and that he really needs to reconsider and darren does not because he has no he no longer respects hank he feels that hank should have given him this knowledge as he was hank's protege and not kept to be fair um i think darren does know exactly what he's doing He's willing to sell the shrinking well, technology, he's an evil man. but not the fuel. And he mentions that later, so he's yeah. 100% on the level. Yeah, yeah, but he's also an evil man. Is he evil? He sells it to Hydra. And really, Hydra being bad is, is really a, you know, depends what side you look at it on. Okay. But he does say to Hank at one point, you refuse to give this to me, so now I've created it, and I'm going to fuck the world up. Because so what, you didn't Because it is, it is a... It is a it's a quandary, and they deal with this in Iron Man 2. It's like, hey man, if you have tech that can change the world, and you don't give it to us, are you a bad person? You know, This could change the world for a lot of people and save a lot of lives, but you're scared the bad guys are going to get it. But that's all tech. Bad guys have nukes, and bad guys have everything, you know? So that's kind of a something that person has to deal with. But Pim just goes and hides. They were, they were too busy worrying if they could. They, were, <laughs> they couldn't figure out if they should. Right. To quote um, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and also, it's my birthday. Speaking of birthday That's parties, speaking of birthday parties, Scott then goes to Cassie's birthday party. He's not supposed to be there. <laughs> and he gives her the ugliest <laughs> money as a present yeah. that we have seen since Con Air. She but loves it. And I said to Tony, because they're like, you can't be here. She idolizes you. Go be the guy that she thinks you are. Yeah. How long did they say he was in jail? Three years. He three got years. three years. How old is this girl? Six. Six or seven. Come on up. How does she idolize him? She well, doesn't know him. <laughs> I feel like... It might be that, hey, my dad is off doing these things. She doesn't know him. Now, I think it has to do with a couple of things. One, it's kind of implied that what he did... The thievery that he did was a good thing, like a Robin Hood, type. Yeah. like or yeah. like a like a Snowden esque kind of revealing their misdeeds, sort of a thing. Yes, right. and a yeah. Robin Hood kind of thing. See, so Robin he's Hood not people. So, so he's not a monster. I'm pretty sure Ant Man kills people eventually. Uh, so he's not a monster here. All those guys in that helicopter died. He definitely hurts security guards that are just doing their job. Um, <laughs> I love that. He's a Robin Hood type. Robin Hood was a piece of shit. But. I don't think... If he was a real person. It doesn't... I'm sure really they sure. let... I don't think they brought Cassie to the prison, but I'm sure he's been able to talk to her on the phone and write her letters. He seems like he really cares about her. He's had a lot of time to think. And she seems to have a connection with him, regardless of the fact that he's been in prison for three years. <laughs> so even though... And he just got out. He's still on parole. So he obviously has not been granted any kind of custody. And they say that you can't just show up here. You yeah. don't pay child support. You don't have any custody rights. We haven't... And they're going to be able to not get custody rights because he was in prison. Yeah, so, like... <laughs> After he saves the world, though, he might be able to get it. As long as he doesn't live in Virginia. Right. <laughs> no, because they didn't even pay I the know, Avengers a salary. I'm kidding. I mean, Falcon couldn't even get a loan. <sighs> Whatever. Don't get, me, don't, <laughs> don't get me started on that. You say Tony Stark shit. didn't have a health care plan for the Avengers. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Should they need it? <laughs> yes. Here's your bill. I saved all of humanity. You know what? This one's on us. I mean, honestly, Tony no was a billionaire. You don't think he gave Ever. money to... He had to have given the Avengers a salary. I'm just um, saying. It makes no sense. No, he probably would have... You know, hey, we need food. Yeah, that's taken care food of. Food and board. I'm sure he would have given them a salary. I mean, I'm guessing, like, Steve Rogers had no income. 
but was he, he worked was for the government. on the government payroll as a captain, so he was doing okay. Steve Rogers worked for the government. He worked for Shield. He you was get an the employee idea that Falcon of Shield. Probably retired with PTSD. The way that he, they oh, portray oh. him in the first one. Yeah, sure. Looks like he got medically retired. And he worked for the VA. Right, so he got a job. You know he could get a VA loan anytime he wanted. Yeah, but that doesn't really help that story, does yeah. it? No, it does. I'm just being funny. All right, so then like, I can't get a loan. Like, bitch, you were so at the birthday party. Scott gets into a argument with Maggie and her fiance Paxton, who is a cop, who Scott says is an ass hat. I didn't know it was a cop. Stop. Um, like Scott's mad that she she could be with anybody, but she picks a cop, and he thinks that's unfair. And she probably thinks it's unfair that he turned out to be a criminal. I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> um, Them do be facts. We then see a little flash of Darren in the bathroom. One of the guys at Darren's super special meeting thought that perhaps this technology was a little too be a little scary, and maybe Darren needs to be hands? a little more careful with it. So Darren uh, zaps him with a shrink ray and turns him into a splotch. <laughs> He and then he flushes down the toilet. After he wipes them and under I'm the toilet. And I'm not even sure he was dead yet because it was still twitching. Uh, it's goo, so. Yes, he but it's goo. smart. You, why am I covered in goo? Could, why does he do that? <laughs> because he's smart. How he doesn't want the DNA anywhere. Babe. So. He does a really shitty job of wiping it up, too. He does. Like, use a second paper towel if you're going to murder a dude in the bathroom. And you know there's no cameras in there because it's illegal to have cameras in the bathroom. That's mm-hmm. true. Tony looks weird. (laughs) Yeah. And then. No, and then. And then we see Darren at dinner, having dinner with Hope. And they talk, and Darren talks about their mutual hatred for Hank. However, we have seen that Hank and Hope are not really on the outs as they may seem. And perhaps Hope is a double agent. Dun, dun, dun. Then we see. Because she's a piece of shit. Scott is depressed. Scott he is can't depressed. see his daughter. Because he has one thing, he and it's his daughter, and they're not letting him see her. He does the math, and it would take him so long to be able to pay his back child support that he owes. Because he was in prison. Which I don't and think... And can only work at Baskin-Robbins. Which I don't think you which get to... fired him, because he can't actually work there. <laughs> which... They Which do. isn't true. Just because you're a felon doesn't disqualify you for Baskin Robbins. I think lying true. about it. Yes, yes, Baskin that's right. But well, Baskin Robbins always finds out. Um, <laughs> yes, it wouldn't automatically qualify disqualify you. Also, because felons get jobs all the time. Also, some places you he can't hasn't ask. been paying child support. But your child support is based off your income. And if you were in prison and your income was ten well, bucks a week, depends on what. If it's based off your highest income, you could could make. So if he had so a really good job, masters in if he had some kind of good job beforehand, they, I don't know. I feel if like she they was have smart, she got that order that before. Like they were not divorced until he was in prison, and then once they get divorced, then the child, then it starts. And she probably had a really good lawyer. Was like, hey, look, this is what he was making. The time, like the, I don't. It's unfair to count time in prison for back child support. Well, guess and what? And I support that a hundred percent. Well, you'd be the one. Because women all over the world are doing that. And then you know what happens? You get out of jail and they say, you owe a bunch of back child support, pay me now. I can't pay that. They put him right back in jail. A friend of mine was a a jeweler. Was it me? No. Okay. And he he made over a hundred grand a year. And then he left his girlfriend at the time and she found out she was pregnant. And he changed jobs to something that paid like 50 grand. And then they did the, the the, the child support thing and they were like... 
you have to pay certain certain he's like i can't pay that and they're like well you make a hundred thousand a year he's like no i don't i make this much and they're like well you can make this much so that's what we base it off of and i was like that's not cool that doesn't seem correct <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there's a lot of things about men's rights towards their children that are incorrect and yeah. fucked up and wrong yeah we stand for equal quality rights. stand for equality we stand for equal rights on this podcast that's right equal rights Everybody should be treated the same, except for the Dutch. But the, the impression I got was the, <laughs> the yeah the people he stole from was the company he worked for. for. Yes. He found out their secret. He probably was making yeah. good money. money. Yes, Racism when they were married and when he got put but in prison. He I'm does some Holland. math about how long it would take him to be able to pay whatever back child support yeah. it is. But I mean, it's a movie, so yeah, you know that movie math. It could have been. They could have gave him any kind of debt. And how long would it take him to see Kathy? Kathy. Kathy. And he's Who's very Kathy? upset. So well, that's why she's upset. She doesn't even know what He comes name. home. And again, the, all the, the ex-cons are there. And Luis is making waffles again. <laughs> and um, I want to hang out with him. <laughs> he I makes was, a lot of waffles. It, he has waffles, waffles and delicious. cool stories. It was, like, it was one of those things that stuck out to me this time. Because there's always something different. Because I've seen it a lot. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of waffles. And with a shit ton of whipped cream he puts on one of them waffles. Because waffles are cheap to make. And so is whipped cream. Yeah, That's true. Um, so, and then he asked Luis about the job. And they, this is the moment they've been waiting for. So Luis, this is an extra, uh, extra special character choice that they've made for this character. He tells a story in the greatest way possible. I cannot tell the story in this great way. It, he focuses, I will never do he, it justice. He always focuses on the wrong details. And it's awesome. And he says a lot of details. Yes. And it's very, it's just brilliant. And if you have not seen Ant-Man and don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube. You can find this scene, I'm sure. Just look up Louise telling Ant-Man a story. But it's so good and beautiful and well shot and wonderful. And it makes this character the best thing on the planet. So uh, he tells them about what the job is. And then the four of them plan this job. They're going to break into a house of this rich retired CEO and break into the safe he has in his basement. The Hank, uh, the house, of course, belongs to Hank Pym. Because it's got to have something in it. So then we see Scott burgle, uh, rob, burgle, burgle, burgle this house. Rob is to take by force, thug, or intimidation. Thank you. He, which they talk about in this movie mm-hmm. a couple of times, which He's is like, fun. Is he, me, he did not burgle. rob, he burgled. He's a cat burglar. He's a pussy. And, <laughs> well, the difference is, He's Catman. if you burgle someone's house, I think you get maybe like a year, but if you do a robbery, I think you get like ten. Yeah. So it's quite significant. Yeah, one is uh, non-violent, one is violent. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, so we Which see we'll him, get to later. We see this burglary, and we see various stages of Scott having mad skills. He uses some fancy parkour to jump a fence, and yeah. he climbs up the side of a house. Again, then, shout out to the um, stunt double who, who can do these things. I mean, not quite the Catwoman Although, double, Although I will say, I didn't realize how ripped Paul Rudd is in this movie. Evidently, I was like, wow, Paul. So they had muscles in the suit, the mm-hmm. Ant-Man suit, but he had worked out so much I mean, they had his... to take them out. <laughs> oh, really? That's <laughs> so funny. Like, wow, okay, so... Because he got the, in superhero shape. Did you see Because he thought that's what he's supposed to do. Did you see the Momoa and Hemsworth thing? Mm-hmm. Where they're going back and forth now? Because uh, Momoa had his Aquaman suit on from 2 or whatever. And he's like, damn, man, check me out. Da-da-da. He says something about that to Chris Hemsworth. 
And Hemsworth is just working out without any shirt on. He goes, yeah, but mine are real. He says, I like your suit, though. Uh. <laughs> and he says, I'm just kidding. I love Aquaman or something. And they're like bread buddies, but they're joking at each other. It's pretty funny. That is funny. I can see those two having beers that are like, <laughs> Jesus. Well, I, what was it? They tried to make some kind of. Uh, you out of your mind, Bruce Wayne. One of these, one of these women that were in one of these movies had muscles put in her suit. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman. Yes. And muscles. No, put that in was her... CGI arms. Yeah, they CGI'd. Yeah, she had, they CGI'd her arms. And they tried to make it like kind of a scandal, like, ooh, she didn't work out. And then everybody was like, but she doesn't need to, and why would she? Well, because she... it really does terrible things to your body. Well, and the thing is and that... isn't she playing a cancer patient? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but everybody else, like all the male characters get on fucking steroids. And to do all did, these roles, and she really did. Bad for your body. But she tried to. They tried Super to make it some kind body. of like a scandal, like oh, she didn't even bother to get into shape. But it, but it kind of backfired because everybody was like, "Wow, everyone should do this." So, so two, <laughs> so two things. One, we know what happens if you take excessive amounts of steroids and stop. Yeah, you Arnold, turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, we also Stallone. know what happens if no. We also know what happens if you take excessive amount of steroids and keep doing it. That's Stallone. There's something that's why he this still happens jacked. to Stallone's face. He looks like it's made of no, pudding. That, that was plastic surgery. <laughs> that that was plastic surgery has nothing to do with it. But Stallone yeah, is, is completely like honest about it. Yeah. Unlike The you Rock, who says he's it. in his mid fifties and he just works out really hard every day. Eat a dick, Dwayne. All right, so we but we see him. Then he disables the alarm system and he gets into the house. He goes down to the basement and he finds that there is a second a security system that needs a fingerprint. So then he uses some cool techno some cool skills to make a fingerprint, which I saw on season one of CSI. Some so, kind of resin and some other. So person. no, he uses super glue to create a resin so he can pull a thumbprint off of a doorknob yeah. which he's assuming that you need a thumbprint and also there's a really clean thumbprint on a doorknob yeah. I'm not sure I'm no forensic scientist but I'm pretty sure if we no. rub that doorknob right there <laughs> if we all did it I don't think right any now, of us would do you it you wouldn't get a clean print no. for shit no, you would at have, least it wasn't a conveniently left glass in the sink the only, <laughs> way that, the only way that works is you have to wipe the whole thing clean and then but, he's the only one to touch it and then you pull the print immediately after even then but he's and then yeah exactly yeah, then you're like you're still hoping <laughs> but we're still showing off that he is a good thief yeah. and a very intelligent man he's not just some schmo off he's not you know he's not like he's dale he's not dale yeah. or dave sorry dave that's T.I. That is no Dave. Like right um, now, I'm the only one who used this glass. Pull a print off of that. So Come then on. he goes and he sees the safe. So he, he he gets the fingerprint. He gets into the basement and he sees the safe. How was that and cherry? It's, cherry it is a really, really serious safe. Yeah, $20 safe. for that bowl It's from the 1920s really? or something <laughs> like that. And Same metal as a Titanic. And it's very hard to open. Side. But okay. he knows the secret and he uses... And why did he have liquid nitrogen on him? We will never know. Tony goes, it's a good thing there's like a whole science lab outside of this safe. <laughs> <laughs> but he I think he brought a lot of that shit with him because he didn't know what he was going to need. He uses, well, he well, knew he was going to crack a safe, so... Right. That might be his way to his go to yeah. for safe cracking. Because yeah. in does, theory, that would work. If you put water in a safe and then expand it, it yeah, would crack it's the safe. Pop it. <laughs> I'm not pretty sure that's not going to unlock it, though. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know how that well, works. Well, it blew the door off. Yeah. I don't know if it'll work like that. I'm sure that someone has thought of that already. Yeah. There's some pretty smart guys just thinking shit up, and there's a room full of guys <laughs> just know. backing them up. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Did sorry. you just sneeze and then put your face in your yep. shirt? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to put your face to, in your shirt, then sneeze. To get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I didn't get fast enough. Um, but all my weird... Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, face and shirt, then sneeze. I, I wasn't fast enough. Um, I like but... how you completed the task, though, friends. So you know how you have a sneeze, and you put your face in your shirt... So you don't get it on everybody. Well, Elaine sneezed and then put her face in her shirt like that was going to help. Well, it itched it's and I'm scratching it with my shirt. She had one of those UV rays you see got all over Carly. It did not. <laughs> get out of my nose. Like, you might want to clean your face here. Um, I didn't feel anything. You asked for the news. Also, I work with special ed kids. They sneeze on me all the time. Carly <laughs> works at a school. She's covered in oh, disease. Yeah. Always. Yeah, you're probably the most toxic person ever. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Good thing you are uh, in. You're a cat zombie man. That's true. Uh, but little he, do you know, she's killed five. you three times. Still alive. He cracks the safe. Where would he get that mattress from? I got questions. It was there. Along <laughs> with the bulletproof fucking and um, towel. well, it's just a. Uh, he takes a a comforter a, a blanket comforter. that he got off that mattress. And he hangs it up. So but they when use the it like screws come. It yeah. It, it stops. It looks them. like the bomb. Why the fuck does he need to stop them? Yeah. Well, because it could, it's like a bullets. Okay, he gets out. He was he already out leave. of the way. Yeah. Well, oh, one misses you... his face by like an inch. I was like, holy shit, dude. But he was behind a brick wall. Right, right. But he opens the safe, he goes inside, and there's... Is it gold? Is it jewels? No, it's an old... It's, it's like a motorcycle suit. He's like, it's an old motorcycle suit. <laughs> but and he takes it. He's like, what? He takes it. Well, because he thinks, because he's smart. But he, doesn't, but he doesn't look at the blueprints. And I was like, he's an electrical engineer. I think he would look at the blueprints. Yeah, he would. But why are these blueprints in here? I'm grabbing those and they? the suit. Because he's like, why are they have the suit in the safe? So he yeah, grabs the suit. He thinks it's a motorcycle outfit, which it looks like. But that. as he takes it, and as the camera zooms out, we see an ant is watching him. And then we see Hank is actually in a security room. He's in the Batman the 1 control room with all the fucking cameras. <laughs> yeah. Which we didn't mention during the Batman episode, but... In the Bat Cave, he has significantly less screens than he did in the first one. Yeah, which is kind of ass. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that first Batman Bat Cave is, is probably the, is the best goat. Bat Cave ever. Is the goat. If you had billions of dollars, there'd be clues, and it'd be that Bat Cave. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. <laughs> go for Except your... I'd have railings. I don't know why they don't have railings. But it's just one of those things where it's like... we can fly. We'd go over your mansion and be like... Vicky falls off the edge. It's like, holy Vicky shit. Vicky isn't supposed to be in the back. Cave. But she goes in there. That's because Alfred is a downright What if Alfred fool? sneezes and then puts his face in his shirt and falls over the railing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for the day Tony wins a lotto. was like, hey, come over. And then he's like, hit the keys on that piano. <laughs> and hold on. Well, I always had a dream Stick that if I won the lotto... Yeah. Push the button. I always had a dream that if I won the lotto, I would have... My friend's kidnapped, but it doesn't work with you guys because you might beat up the kidnappers. <laughs> You're like, cool, you got Ben? Yeah, oh, we got him, dude. He's in the van. He's scared to death. I was like, cool, man. I'm going to lay some fucking money on him. Who's up? Oh, I got Vic. We got him? Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, cool. What, what about Vic? And, what, what, Vic about, what about Johnny Lane? Yeah, those guys didn't check in. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are in jail. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're still waiting to hear back from them. <laughs> So then we see Darren attempting to shrink organic man- manner. Oh. Is he using mice? Bunnies? No, he's using rats. Little, little lambs. lambs. Well, well, Mary had a little lamb, and so did Darren. Yeah. I don't know why they chose lambs. Because they're cute. But it is he's disturbing. Just, they're leading the lambs to slaughter. Ooh, good symbolism there. But it was a. And, it and was, even she's like, uh, I thought we were using mice. And he's like, what's the difference? I'm sure the cost <laughs> is point. significant. It's a good point. Where's he getting all those lambs? Like, whoever the finance weenie is, unless is he's, pissed off he's using lambs. Unless he's cloning them. Oh. That's not cheap to clone things, I'm guessing. 
Where, Maybe what? it is for PIM technology. I don't know. Well, Motherfuckers make things shrink. Maybe. <laughs> they got to be doing something in this building. Maybe he's already using the inorganic matter shrinking ray to make billions of dollars as a secret shipping magnet. And he's using it to just give a fuck to buy lambs. But why does he need to finish if he's making that much money? Because there's never enough money. I think he also has an unhealthy obsession with having Hank be proud of him. Yeah, uh, he's like, "Are he you proud wants, of me yet? Are you proud of me yet? Are you proud of me yet?" That he wants Hank to, to admit himself. that he is better than Hank. Well, because he feels abandoned by Hank. He's because he, he was like his dad. He was yes. Hank was his guy. He was Hank's guy. Then Hank abandoned him, and he can't, he doesn't know why. Because Hank found out he was crazy. Um, he was. Too, he tells. But him I why think later. that has a lot to do with his yeah. ambition. Is he has but to prove himself? And, I'm just saying that for the script writers, this was kind of an inspired choice because it seems extra horrifying that it's a little baby lamb. It's super <laughs> cute though, yeah. and he turns it into a splotch, like much like the dude in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, then we see Scott examining the suit, and of course, he puts it on. Because I mean, you would. Yes. Yeah. 100%. You would. <laughs> I mean, you and the thing it. fits him like a goddamn Like, block. if I held it up, I go, that's, I'm not getting no, into that. But. <laughs> here's my thing. Hank has been doing a lot of research. He's had an eye on Scott for a little bit. And one of the things he says is it's got to be this guy. And maybe it's because he is the exact height and weight for this suit. Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe he made the suit And maybe one of the reasons Hank can't do it anymore is because the shrinking and enlarging and shrinking, it's changed him so much that he now doesn't fit the special suit. He's smaller than... And he doesn't have the resources to remake his suit because he's retired and can't access his lab. Yeah, he's Hank Pym. I'm sure you can figure it out. Tony Stark made this in a cave with scraps. (laughs) Hank Pym is a scientist. What do you think Tony Stark is? He's in fabrication. Do you know our Playboy philanthropist? Philanthropist. No, he's a he's he's a. Let's have another drink, Tony. It's working. What's that guy that did Monster Garage? He's a master fabricator. Jesse James. Yeah. The guy's name is Jesse James. It's not the hardest name to remember. I know, but I completely. Who's a direct descendant of the outlaw Jesse James? Monster, monster. Although I did watch. I watched really the cool bike show. off thing. It was good for a, two seasons. The third season, it was like, all right, they ran out of ideas. Well, I watched them. I watched the thing where it was. Uh, what are those fuckers? It was these? better than fucking Robert Downey Jr.'s show about ruining old cars. Mm. Yeah, that was a bad. Did you see that show? No. Artie J had a show where he was converting yeah, classic cars to green cars. It was like, wow, you need to leave California because someone's going to kill you on the East Coast for that. He was taking like these priceless antiques, be like, let's convert it to biodiesel. There's only six of these <laughs> left. Let's put an electric engine in it. I'm not kidding. And all of the... <laughs> and the mechanics are like, made, woman, did you what? Yeah. He made these high-end mechanics that love these cars. Tortured them. He tortured yeah, he them. <laughs> he's a sick but yeah, fuck. That's, and RDJ thinks RDJ. he's saving the world. Like, you piece of shit. I can't remember the... It's the father and son that He's the vegan cycles. that won't shut up. Oh, um, American Chopper or... Maybe yeah. it's American Chopper. Maybe it's American Chopper. But it was American Choppers versus Jesse James. And they were like, we're both going to make bikes because they had some rivalry, or they supposedly did. And it's like, we're both going to make bikes to see who makes the best one. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. I love bikes. I like to make bike stuff. So I'm watching. And the East, the, what was it? What was the brother? Jesse James? No, the other one. 
I don't know what their Monster names Garage? are, but Monster no. Garage or whatever. No, they, the outlaw biker guys or whatever. The, fa- the father and son that are all yeah. arguing in, in the yeah. meme. So they roll this bike in skeleton and they start putting engine parts on it and all this kind of stuff. And they put these special things on it. And you're like, well, that's a cool ass bike. And you're like, all right, I guess that's pretty cool. And then they cut to Jesse James and he brings out these rods of iron and shit. And you're like, what is he doing? He fucking forges this motorcycle. <laughs> like he fabricates all the parts. And I was like, I think he won. <laughs> Holy shit, he makes his bike out of like nothing. He's really? a master fabricator. It was absolutely the dude amazing. Is cool. And I was like, wow, well, you can't compare this. These guys put some lights on a bike and this guy forged this for this willpower. So I saw a thing that all these guys are broke now. Well, they're, all, oh, the, really? all the buses are closing because choppers were really popular, yeah. but they're extremely terrible to drive. Yes. They look cool, but like they yeah. can't yeah. turn. Yeah. They can't do all these things. People, monkey bars and stuff. Everybody that bought them tried to sell them. No, no one's buying them. Nobody <laughs> wants that shit. No. So it, the market like exploded. So they opened up all these these shops like Jesse James and those guys they're rich they're fine they but all the smaller work. shops they're all closed and went out of business yeah. they're back to being regular mechanics I mean they're all fine because they're all master mechanics to begin yeah. with they just went to work at regular bike shops yeah. they're, they're not on the fucking bread line and regular bikes are actually back in fashion with right. rising go- gas costs and stuff like that like I've looked at them recently like maybe I'll get a bike to drive to work you I used to have it. one I did and he got rid of it because he didn't grab it, and now I guess he wants it back. But he's also <laughs> sending me th- pictures of old cars. Dude, mm. so, yes. <laughs> I found, like, a Model T. A Model T? <laughs> it's really old cars. Like, I can drive. That's not an old car. That's a different level of vehicle. A Model T? I thought he was going to say, oh, dude, I found the 69 Stingray. No. This, this oh, Triumph. No, I found a Model T. It has a horse that pulls it around named Jessup. And uh, he eats I was, apples. I'm thinking it's like a 35 Ford where there's the hand crank Yeah, those things started. break your arm. They're called arm breakers. Because if you don't pull it fast enough, it snaps back and breaks your arm, man. Like, you got to get out of 1913 technology. Where the top speed is like 45. You can't even take this bitch on the fucking highway. No. You've got to uh, take side streets. I feel like, like oh, here John's coming. <laughs> How many miles a gallon you get? Six. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't put unleaded in it. It'll explode. <laughs> I feel like the audio snippet of Tony's surprise and disbelief. Model T. A model T. <laughs> The hell? It's, it's like the equivalent of what are you watching? But oh my god! Anyway, but I found a. It was like a. I mean, you'll be able to work on it because there's only three parts. <laughs> so I did find. So someone took a a, a, Vol, a Volvo like car, right. and then just put like. I, I don't know what it is. Imagine like the Great Gatsby, those kind of cars. Yeah, like a Studebaker. They, yeah, they put that mo- that frame Bottle. on top of it. Okay. But it's got like a Volvo engine in it. I'm okay. like, that I could do. That's cool. Because right. that top so, speed like, is regular. Yeah, it look like the Cobra. Regular. regular. <laughs> you put like regular gas in it yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Model T. Regular. So, right. yeah, there's, there's problems. <laughs> like, oh my God, I blew the computer up. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <gasps> Okay, I so blew go the, back. I blew the valve. <laughs> oh, we can replace that. I bet finding parts for that thing is a bitch. I, 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 I upgraded yeah. it to a spark Circle plug. Circle it back. Circle it back. So Scott tries on the suit. Should I get more whiskey sour? Yes. <laughs> and why you let the dogs out while you do that? That way I can get through three pages of my notes. Um, yeah. So he puts it on and he starts looking at it. No, no, no. And he shrinks himself. And he lands in the bathtub. I can drive. She has more luck driving a Model T. <laughs> Didn't she have the same car as you for years? She can't drive that beast. I don't like to. 
And I at especially night? don't like driving at night any car. You're right. Yeah. It's like 50-50. <laughs> Me drunk or her driving normal. Proceed, Mona Me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. You said Shot you wanted to Bunny Bunny Bee. Bunny Bee's getting restless. All right, so he puts it on and he shrinks himself. And he ends up in the bathtub. And he's very shocked because he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. I'd yeah, like you would. Much like the kids in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh-oh. And, um... Yeah, it's very Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, Hank starts talking to him, and he's like, where's that voice coming from? And then we get... We're only there? Shit! <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so the smile teeth. You had to bring up your horseless carriage. <laughs> it's all a custom job. Oh it has God. to be. They don't make them anymore. All the and real then... Model Ts are rusted away. And then Hank tells him that he's going to... That... He's going to get a trial by fire in this technology. And Louise comes in the bathroom to take a shower. He turns on the water. Could be worse. Could be taking a shit. (laughs) And then, well, either way, he turns on the water and Scott gets. He said trial by fire. Or better yet, water. He gets splashed out of the bathtub. And then he sees Louise's. Louise. He says, I don't want to see that. (laughs) That thing must have been huge. And then he gets what I'm going to put in my notes as a scary tour of the apartment building as he falls through various cracks. I'm sorry, where does he live that you could fall through the floor? Yeah, I was like, go to the next apartment. What's going on with that? Uh, It's not a nice building. No. Um, So he gets to the. He finally gets out of the apartment building and lands on some guy's car, denting the roof. And then he is so freaked out, he goes and returns the suit. But he as he's in. as he's exiting Hank's house after returning the suit, he gets caught and he is arrested. See, if he was smart, he'd have walked by through that bitch over the fucking the fence well, into the backyard. Paxton comes to talk to Scott and tells him how disappointed they are because they were all rooting for him to become a better, to he's make like, his life better because he didn't. <laughs> He's like, I returned it. I mean, to be fair, I stole it first, but I was giving it back. I just borrowed it. But Paxton said, you know, tells them how disappointed they are and that he's never going to get to see Cassie now. And then Hank pretends to be his lawyer. And he is there to kind of offer Scott a job. He tells him that he really has two choices. He can go back to jail or he can go back to his cell and await further instructions. And this time, listen. <laughs> so Scott goes back to his jail cell. And a bunch of ants come in, and they bring him the suit. And then we see the ants making a countdown, countdown on the cool. floor. <laughs> and good. Scott it's decides cool. that he is going to listen this time. And he puts the suit on, and he shrinks just as Gail, that is the other cop's name, that's a weird name, yeah. uh, Gail comes in and finds him gone. And then Hank tells him how to get out of the building, and he's running out of the building as if they're chasing him, but he's an ant. <laughs> he could just hide under someone's yeah, desk until the morning. Like, he doesn't need to rush out. And then um, he gets on an ant because Hank says tells him to, and the ant flies him away. But unfortunately, Scott gets a bunch of vertigo and passes out and falls off the ant. And yes. he could have died here. He didn't because it's a Should movie. Have. <laughs> it's a movie. Anthony was able to catch him because he's one hell of an ant. But Scott Love. wakes up. 
and he there is a hot chick giving him the evil eye and he this is how he meets hope and hope tells him he goes to get out of bed and he's surrounded by ants and she tells him the scientific name of those ants and then that they're bullet ants and that they are a number one on this pain index so if they bite you it's pretty much the most painful thing measurable on the planet that's probably not true did you ever step on a lego I think this is worse. I don't think so. And then um, she tells Scott that they're there to watch him when she's not. And that he needs to get up and come downstairs. And he's like, whose pajamas am I wearing? <laughs> Which one of you touched my dick with my question? <laughs> well, he's hoping it's hope. Well, Even she- with that evil eye. So he tiptoes through the ants. And he goes downstairs to meet with Hank and Hope. And Hank explains... That he's a scientist and that he um, has been watching Scott for a while. That he. Like in the shower? That he talks to ants and he shows and via electromagnetic pulses and that he created this suit and they need him to break into his old building and steal the technology back from Darren, who is using it for evil, pretty much. Evil. Or. Another way to put that is not in his best interest. But Scott says that his days of breaking into places and stealing shit are over. What do you want me to do? And Hank says, I want you to break into a place and steal some shit. I mean, to be fair, he's they're going to arm fascists. And there's a lot of people walking around college campuses who want us to be a fascist country. We flash to Darren, who manages to shrink a lamb and it not turn into a splotch of goo. Of goo? So he's done it. He's done it. Because when we saw the first time, he shrunk the first lamb and it turned into goo. And he was like, ready the next one. And I was like, is he not going to do something different or is he just going to (laughs) keep splatting these lambs? (laughs) Like like tweak a knob or something, man. And and the next one was 35C. We don't know what. This could be 334C. Might have been on to D. So let's go back to... (laughs) The, Got him. Wow. To the Pym Pavilion. <laughs> and Scott is sour. like, first of all, I recommend you call the Avengers. And Hank is like, absolutely I am not. absolutely not. I've worked my whole life to keep my hands, my technology out of the hands of a Stark, and I'm certainly not going to hang, hand it over to a Stark now. Do you know who was in the original lineup of the Avengers? Ant-Man. Bingo. He made Ultron. He did make Ultron. In a comic. So they blamed it on Tony Stark, but it was really Hank Pym. He's been framed. In that universe. But in this universe, it was Tony Stark. And he used to beat his wife. Yeah. What? In the he, comics, he, he beat, beat his wife. wife which like is why they went with Scott Lang instead of Hank Pym. Yeah. Because Hank Pym was kind of a dickhead. He was a heck shit, kind of an asshole. <laughs> Hank Pym is not a good person. Which is why the Scott Lang is Ant-Man. Why would they write a character in comics that Because it's called a flawed character. But that's Tony Stark flaw. was a raging that's alcoholic. A yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite series is Demon in a Bottle. I keep wanting to buy that because I had it in high school. Now, like, I'm saying, you look at it like, I'm not paying that. I'm the same. I like Extremis, (laughs) but then I was, like, rereading it. I'm like... Why don't you buy it digitally? You could buy it digitally and you could read it on on my tablet. Well, I know what happens. (laughs) So I don't really need to read it. It's not exactly like... (laughs) 
It's a comic. There's not a lot of riveting you know, like, details. But if you wanted to read it... I want to have the actual medium until you see what they want to charge for. I'm like, no, I don't want that bad. Yeah. All right, so Scott it recommends calling one. the Avengers. Hank says no. Yeah. Hope and Hank argue. Kind of into, kind of. She <laughs> wants to wear the suit. Ish. She doesn't trust Scott. He's just this loser ex-con. And she already knows the building. She knows what the suit can do. She knows all the things. She And they have a big argument. And Hank shuts it down by shouting no at her. No! And she leaves. She's, She's pissed. done. And, um, she storms off. And, and Scott is like, you know, she's right. She should be the one in the suit. And... Why, and Hank's like, no. And then he's like, well, why don't you just wear the suit? I'm not your man. And Hank is like, I can't wear the suit anymore. It, my body is too fragile. I can't withstand it. So Hank gives Scott a very sweet pep talk about fathers and daughters. And how he just, about how his wife died. And all he wants to do is protect his daughter. And that Scott needs to do this not to save the world, but to save Cassie's world. It's this great father-son moment that they have. And Hope is in the hallway listening. And Scott agrees that he is going to be Ant-Man. So then we get the learning to be Ant-Man montage. <laughs> you got to be able to shrink and go through this keyhole. He never goes, why? Does this come up a lot? Yes. <laughs> a lot of doors in secure buildings have keyholes. <laughs> Well, just the slide cards. Just the practice of shrinking when you need it and expanding again. Yeah. In motion and hitting your target where you're going. God, we're actually having a little fun here, people. And then we learn about the different types of ants. They have four ants that they use. Crazy crazy ants. Crazy ants, which actually make electromagnetic. Yeah, they create electricity. Then we got fire ants, which have a very strong bite and can link themselves together to form long structures. They're, they're great at carpentry. Then we got carpenter ants, which can fly. Which means they shouldn't be called carpenter ants because then they fly. Well, I think, pretty sure they infest wood. Well, and that's why they're called carpenter ants. Well, they will infest mm-hmm. die like the rest. And then the bullet it. ants, which are the super awful painful Toxic ones. Toxic painting pain ones. Yep. Venomous, maybe? Poisonous? I don't know. Venomous. Well, venom, venom. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. Maybe it's venom. But venom, venom. And then um, as this happens, Hope and Scott slowly get to know each other. Uh, (coughs) Bless you. And one, Hope helps Scott learn to fight more effectively. And he says, I was in prison. I know how to fight. And she says, hit me. And she's like, no, you hit like a girl. No, she holds up her hands and says, hit me. So he punches her in the hand. And she and says, you she... hit like a girl. And then he holds up his hands and says, hit me. And she punches him in the face like an asshole. Just, he gave consent. He said, hit me. <laughs> wow. This is not a hill I'm going to die so... on. But I maintain that he gave consent. Just because she held up her hands doesn't mean that he had to hit her in the hands. And just because he held up his hands didn't mean that she had to hit him in the so hands. So let's turn this he around. Doesn't, she is an asshole. She doesn't like him. She thinks She's he's not worthless. not either. 
she should be the one in the suit. <laughs> Agreed. I completely agree that she should be the she one in the has, suit. But that's an argument matter. she has with her father, not with Scott. Scott yeah. is an innocent bystander in this, and she's being an asshole to him for no reason. She wants to hit somebody. It's not for hit no Hank. reason. It's not for no reason. It's because she's jealous, because this is the person that her father because has she, picked instead of her. It doesn't matter. I maintain that, yes, it's an asshole, but it's not the worst thing on the planet because he well, gave no, his consent. There's no baby boats, but... But still, she does have a legitimate gripe against Hank, not against Scott. But because of her legitimate gripe... What in the hell is that thing? It's cuticle oil. Um, I'm sorry, friends. So I look often, over and Carly's got like this say, pen that she's drawing on her face. Say you're, face you hands. go for a promotion, you don't get it. They ask you to train the person that did. You don't necessarily have a, an issue with this person, but that doesn't mean that you like them. It they got what you wanted. <laughs> which doesn't give you the right to punch them in the face. No, I'm not saying it does. And so far, but Scott, chances sure. are you don't do you have like cuticle that oil person. As well? <laughs> I do. Mine's not a fancy pen, though. Tony, have you cuticle oil with you? Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> um, but slowly but surely, Hope and Scott get to know each other, and Scott explains to Hope why Hank keeps saying no to her, that he's doing it to protect her, and that the only reason Hank is so dead set on Scott, other than the fact that maybe he's the only one that actually fits in the suit, <laughs> is that... Because he's expendable. It's because he's, he's expendable. expendable. If he dies, if something happens to him, it's fine because he would rather lose than lose his daughter, which makes Hope reconsider all the things she knows about her dad. Because she's never considered that. And... Um, that's a cuticle buddy, by the way. Oh. It's a cuticle buddy. You see these? I have one. I don't have this part, but I have one like this at work. Okay, well, you know I don't what? know if the fancy um, crystals inside are going to make a difference, but we'll find out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, when I use it at work, I put it on my knuckles because it's like the backs of my hands. But this, really but this helps <laughs> Hope help, and then Hope helps Scott... Figure out how to speak Ooh, to the orangey. ants. That's orange oil. Mm. Along with jojoba and a bunch of other really good things. Isn't this made from oranges but or she's it just like, has this orange smell? She's it's like, look, orange. don't think so much so about ordering them to do so it. Just think oily. about what you want them to do. Yeah. If I mean, and don't be like, ant, go do that. Just think... Go do that. And then Scott <laughs> has this breakthrough and he finally... I think it's hard to explain to how to do it. On just... Malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> Catching on to being this ant man. You have to just really try to clear your head and think of what you want them to do. So Hank Wait, what? <laughs> sure. So now that Darren is able to shrink a live subject, they no longer have months to plan, they only have weeks. And in order to infiltrate the PIM technologies or cross technologies, as Darren will be renaming it soon, uh Hank needs a prototype signal jammer that from he created in his shield days that Stark is storing in a warehouse upstate. Which happens to so be... So this is kind of a <laughs> test hasn't drive. hasn't been in a while. Yeah. I mean, it's just an so, old warehouse. No yeah. big deal. So when it's Scott gets to the warehouse... <laughs> Other than Tony Stark moves the Avengers in And there. deploys on the ants, <laughs> we find out that this is no longer an unused Stark warehouse. It's now the Avengers compound. Whoops. Which changes things quite a bit because the yeah. Scarlet so, Witch is in there. I know. They're like, abort, <laughs> abort. <laughs> and if she just decides to go for a walk and you're there, movie's over. But Scott decides yeah. not to abort. He's like, it doesn't look like anybody's home because Luckily the Scarlet they found the Witch did not <laughs> come and get me. 
Could you, could you imagine if fucking Thor just had me walking around and Ant-Man shows up? It's a completely different scene. Uh, so Scott's like, no, I can get it. And then the Falcon is there. And they're like, there's somebody there. And he's like, he can't see me. And the Falcon is like, I can see you. So Scott makes himself big. And he's like, sup, I'm Ant-Man. And they're like... And Hope is like, did he just tell him he's Ant-Man? <laughs> and he's like, I just My need to Scott. come in and Scott? borrow a piece of technology. And he seems to be giving them way too much information. Which probably is not an actual bad idea. Mm-hmm. When you think about it. The and Avengers, like, you don't know how many Avengers are in that building. <laughs> you don't want to call them out. <laughs> and maybe he would give him the technology. He's got, he's, I'm trying to save the world here. It's kind of your jam. You might help me out. But Falcon's going to take him into custody, and Ant-Man is like, I'm real sorry. The war machine. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to. And then they fight. Uh, Scott eventually wins and escapes, and um, Falcon tells whoever he was talking to that don't it's really Cap. important to me that Cap never finds out about this. Because Cap would have won. Woody? Yes. Mm-hmm. Woody? Yes. Woody? <laughs> Would he yes. have been able to see Ant-Man? I don't know. Would he get super you can't sabotage Cap the way you can sabotage the wings. Right. And the, but the there's always this Thanos butthole theory. I'm sorry? Thanos butthole? That Scott could have killed Thanos at any time by just climbing up his butthole and then get, becoming big and making him explode. That's true. You never heard of the thing? And it's always Ugh. the butthole. It's never through the ear into the brain. <laughs> Whenever somebody talks about that, they're always like, he goes up Thanos' butthole. But he could in, he could go in the ear, too. Like, there's no reason that it has to be the butthole. But everybody's always like, he goes in the butthole. Actually, it would be harder to go in the butthole than the ear. Because the ear is constantly open. Where the butthole is like it's closed until it's it needs to be open. And covered and then, by uh, layers of clothing. <laughs> right. I know, right? Or up does, the nose. Or up the nose. I don't know. You could climb Does up Thanos and Thanos have an anus. I don't know. Is Thanos' anus invulnerable? In which case he would get squished by Thanos' butt cheeks. Because <laughs> he's got the How power of his glutes. <laughs> and that's it for Ant Man. Anyways, I think going like, I think the ear is probably the better choice. But they always talk about it. It's always Agreed. the butthole thing, but it's never. I think it's could, for the shock value. You could go up butthole. his nose. We know um, that leaves right into the brain cavity. Yes, I think the ear is probably the better that. canal, though, because the nose, there's I mean, membranes and things. You'd feel the ear, too. You'd feel the ear, but I think it's more of a straight shot to where you can get somewhere important. You climbed up your nose and you like getting the COVID swab. Bomb in his head. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, anyway, I think the, the best bet for him to win was Falcon because I don't think he could beat Cap. But he might have been able to beat Tony. Well, Tony wasn't there. Tony, Tony is in a suit, too, and he can up. get yeah. in the suit and That's why it. I just said is, I think he'd be able to beat Tony, too. after Sokovia, yes. but before Infinity War. Yeah, he, if he had nanotech, then he does not get in there. Mm-hmm. But I think he would have gotten an Iron Man suit. He does, at one point, get in Iron Man suit. He does, in, in um, Civil War, War, which is after this. And, again, in... Is it Endgame? When yeah, they go back in time? Like Flick me! Because <laughs> he, he does the thing to Tony's heart. Yeah. But how is this after this? How is this... How is this before Civil War? No, this is before. This, this is the is ne- after movie right Ultron. before Civil War. But it's right after Ultron, but before Civil War. what's his name? Um, Pim Pim references Sokovia and the the city falling. Yes, because Which they've is, already done. Because it's, it's already it's, happened. He's yeah, probably so busy dropping the city Age on Ultron, somebody. Age of Ultron, this, and then Civil War. Sokovia just happened. Oh, okay, okay. 
I'm sorry. I got you. Which is probably why nobody's there, because they're off explaining to the UN yeah. why they killed all those people accidentally in Sokovia. Because mm-hmm. Tony created a robot that went psychotic. <laughs> Tony makes all his villains. He's that good. He's like, look, I can't wait for other villains. I'm just going to make mine. I'm going to make Ironmonger. Then I'm making all, uh, I, but uh, Ultron. They get back to the house, and all right, but he made they a, are a, lecturing. on accident. <laughs> well, if it was on accident, he deliberately was shitty to him. Well, he was trying to get late. And he, did. and he didn't know what's her name was going to give her program to Killian. Yeah. He still did it. Old botanist pal. He's made all his own. <laughs> uh, but they get back to the house. And Hank is lecturing him about how stupid he was. But Scott pulls the piece of techn- the signal jammer out of his pocket. And they're in business, buddy. Didn't mention that on a car ride home. No. But we then see that Hank goes into the other room because they're going to get down to some serious planning now. And Darren is in his house. And he's like, how did you get in here? Yeah. And how long has he been in there? Um, Your Hope front door and was Scott open. panic. And Scott's able to tell the ants to shut the plans that are in the living room. And um, Darren tells Hank that they're about to make $15 billion in sales tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, just and tomorrow. wants Hank to be there for his moment. It's really important to him that Hank is there for his moment. And there's still some girls and on Twitter that'd be like, "That's not enough." <laughs> uh, Hank promises that he'll be there, and Darren leaves. Why would he want Hank there? Just so Hank will be proud of him. He's got daddy yeah. issues. Yeah. Well, we find out. Also, rub it in his We face. find out later that he was there to kill Hank, but he didn't. But he wasn't ready to kill. But he knew that Hope was there, so he didn't kill Hank. So we had to make up some bullshit. Some bullshit? Yeah. So we read the room and was able to uh, adapt and overcome? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then Darren calls Hope and tells her that they need to triple security and put mesh grates on all of the entrances because he's on to Hank and he doesn't want the Ant-Man getting it. Before tomorrow, BT Dubs, we're doing mm-hmm. this. And Hope is like, we can't do it now. We're going to have to call the whole thing off. We don't, we're not able to get in there. He's on to us. And um, she's like, I'm the only one. They're doing full body scans. And Scott's like, we need more help. We need a getaway man. We need an inside man. We need a computer expert. And Hank is like, you are not bringing those dumb wombats in on my job. <laughs> but guess yeah, he wombats. wombats. <laughs> but guess what? Here come Dave and Kurt and Luis. And now they're in. And they work on the... After Scott shows them the Ant-Man technology and they freak out a little bit, they then get to work and they go to work on the heist plant. So Luis is going to be inside as a security guard and Dave and Kurt are going to be outside. Kurt is going to disable the sensors and get Scott in the building. And uh, Dave is... The getaway man, I guess. He's going to go through the water main. Yes, because it's illegal to block off the water main, and all they have to do is lower the water pressure, and he can get in. All right, so Scott then goes to see Cassie to tell her that he loves her because he's doing it for her. Doing it for Cassie. All right, then we got the heist commences. So Darren is throwing a party, sort of, I guess, which he's not really at. (laughs) <laughs> and he is to celebrate him uh, breaking, cracking the code on this technology, I guess. Yeah. Luis arrives. Hope has gotten him false credentials to get him in the building. <clears throat> and Dave and Kurt set up outside in the La Cucaracha van. 
Hank arrives, but Paxton is scoping out the joint with his partner, Gail, and they're waiting for Hank Pym because they have figured out that Hank Pym posed as a lawyer to talk to Scott, and they think that he had something to do with breaking Scott out of jail. So they go to accost Hank as Hank is trying to get into the parquet, and Dave is like, they're going to arrest him. I got to do something. So he jumps out, and he steals the cop car, which distracts Paxton and Gail. They go after the car. Um, it's fun. It's a fun thing. Mm-hmm. So then Hank gets in the building again. He goes through the scanners all fine. All he's got is, you know, like some gum and his, his tank keychain. Mm-hmm. And Darren takes Hank and Hope into the yellow jacket room to talk about his great moment. As this happens, Scott moves through the building. The crazy ants fry the servers. And then... The other bad guy comes in, and Darren informs Hank he has sold his tech to Hydra. He says they're not so bad anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, they've fallen on hard times. Um, well, turn it there for a Hydra agent. And Hank punches him. And Darren is like, oh, my God. I mean, these are the guys who were offshoot of the fucking Nazis. <laughs> well, but Hank punches him, and Darren is like, wow, I didn't expect it to be that good a punch. I mean, I thought coming, but I thought it was going to be a little love tap, but you still got some power. And um, Scott moves towards the suit chamber. He sets a bunch of charges, and he goes, he's all set. He's ready to go and jump and retrieve the suit. Paxton... Uh, and Gail come back to the building, and Dave accidentally leans on the Luke Garacha horn, and Pax is like, I know that van. Mm-hmm. He recognizes it as the one that Scott had at the house uh, for Cassie's party, although it's been painted, and more than one person could have a horn that plays La Cucaracha. Yeah. Um, but they bang on the van, and they pull Dave and Kurt out. As they're going to pull Kurt out, he finally breaks into the system and is able to dis- disable the laser mesh that will cut Scott into bits. And he tells Scott to go, but there's a little scuffle where Kurt has to push the button just in the nick of time. Scott gets through, though. He lives. But instead of being able to steal the yellow jacket suit, Darren instead has captured him. He then pontificates about how he's smarter than everybody. How he knew all along about who Scott was and that they were trying to infiltrate. And that he had gone to the house to kill Hank, but he couldn't because he wasn't ready to kill Hank in front of Hope. And if she hadn't been there, he would have killed him then. But now, he's going to kill him now. In front of Hope. But I was like, you know, he's right. They have not been very secretive about who who, uh, was looking at Scott and who got Scott out of, <laughs> or who yeah. pretended to be his lawyer. I mean, well, he did they have thought hard to put two and two together. He did have answer over the camera, but... Well, it, they thought that, they kind of thought that Hope had him snowed, that she was not speaking to Hank, and she was on Darren's side the whole time. But we don't know how long Darren was in the house, and if he saw the plans mm-hmm. and realized, like, we are not exactly sure how long... Darren has fought, knew all this stuff, but he definitely knows who everybody is. And he thinks... Plus, he, pick, he figured out pin particles, so he ain't no dummy. No, he's a very <laughs> smart man. He also thanks... Um, Nobody else can figure Hank it out. Hank for helping him double his price by having both the yellow jacket and the Iron Man... Or in the Ant-Man, um, Ant-Man suit. And um, 
Well, he pulls a gun on Hank because he's going to shoot him. And then Hope pulls a gun on Darren. And then it's kind of a standoff. And Scott is trying to break out through the super special magnification glass that is around the yellow jacket suit. And he finally breaks free. And then we get a bunch of chaotic stuff happening. And in the scuffle, Hank gets shot. He uses one of those grow shirkin yeah. smash the glass out. Yeah. Because he has a couple of those on. He's some weapons. Mm-hmm. Because the suit doesn't have any weapons, much like the Iron Man suit, it was made as a weapon. It wasn't made as a weapon, so it doesn't have weapons, and they have to add them later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hope then, so they run to Hank, as all of the Hydra men and um, Darren leave the chamber. Oh, I forget, I left out the part where Darren says that he sell he'll sell the suits to Hydra, but they have to get the fuel from him. He's not giving them the particle they have to come to him, which is a good financially sound business decision. Mm-hmm. So Hope sends, tells Scott to go after the suit and that she will take care of Hank. And Louise pulls an alarm to empty the building because we still have set a bunch of charges. Yes. And then Hank tells Hope that he'll be okay and that he always has a backup plan. And he pulls out his keychain, which is in fact a real tank. Mm hmm. So, Darren gets to the helicopter on the roof, but Scott and the ants arrive. Well, first Scott fights his way through the building. Luis is able to save him at a key moment as he runs through a model that reminds me of the Derek Zoolander Center for People Who Can't Read Good. Center for Ants? Yep. Nirvan. He's absolutely right. But Scott fights his way through the building and gets to up to the roof just as Darren starts to take off in the helicopter and Scott is able to get into the helicopter even though Darren murders Anthony. Son of a bitch. So, no, that motherfucker shot blindly into the ants and it hit Anthony and did not touch Scott. Mm-hmm. No pressure now, wave. physics doesn't work here. <laughs> <laughs> so as you shoot the ant and kills him, physics the person doesn't on work top, here. <laughs> as in this movie... Because Ant-Man is fine, doesn't move, just stays in place as a bullet whizzes by him. And he falls to another ant. Because he's in a swarm of ants. Nothing. Because physics... A little little wing falls down. You're like, oh. All my astrophysics friends were like, what? But Scott gets in... (laughs) That's when they got off. Yeah. Scott gets in the helicopter and there's a quantum gunshot. And Darren yells, did you think you could stop the future with a heist? And Scott yells, it was never just a heist. And then we see the building is destroyed. Thank God Luis was able to get that guard he took out earlier and everybody got out of the building before it was implodes into the quantum realm? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So it looked like he just put regular dynamite in there. Yeah. And somehow this is a snook. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast, Snooks from the Losers. Mm -hmm. For those green terrorists. And everybody in the building is dead. This well, explodes and implodes. So he just murdered a bunch of people. At one point, Scott gets knocked out of the helicopter. And as he uses a seatbelt to climb back in, Darren somehow puts on the yellow jacket suit, which is almost as unbelievable as Selena Kyle putting on the Catwoman suit while driving a car. Probably just as hard, because that thing was tight. Yes. But one minute he's a man in a suit, the next minute he's a man in a suit. And then I have a question. I'm sorry. Yes. How do you use these particles? Because this building presumably had mm-hmm. a lot a of pin- the yellow jacket particles. Part. Right. We'll call them cross particles. So is that why it 
just disappeared? I think that's how they tried it. Because it activated all these particles. So it, it exploded all the, the vials that were holding it. So they activated it and shrunk it. We don't know don't what's know. in these packages either. Maybe... Maybe one of the reasons why the PIM particles work is because they're compressed into a small space. And maybe mm. when they expand rapidly, they do some kind of crazy damage. I don't know. We don't know what Doesn't kind matter. of technology they yeah. use. I figured it out. It's a movie. Either, either the explosions ignited the PIM Darren particles. Cross or particles. PIM put the explosives were PIM particles and sucked it into the quantum realm or something. I don't know. So Either now, way, it doesn't matter. So the guys are hanging out. Time to think about so they're the in the quantum realm hanging out at that bar with Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> and all of a sudden, don't a worry. building comes through. <laughs> that's on fire. Only if it goes to the same level of the quantum. It might not even get there. It might just be floating around with water bears. <laughs> water bears. The terror grades. Yeah, I know. Oh, I get it. Guard? I don't know. Kiko guard. All right, so. Dick Van Patten. Then Ant-Man and the Things Yellow work. Jacket could be fight in Van the Patton helicopter. And this causes a lot of damage because the Yellow Jacket has lasers, which does Attached all kinds of structural damage so, and kills both the pilots. So the, the noise that those lasers make are the same lasers from Star Wars because. That's a great sound effect. Well, because they had it. Yeah. <laughs> and they had access to it and was like, yep. And the helicopter crashes, but luckily, Darren and Scott get trapped in a briefcase which falls into a swimming pool, which would still kill them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but we Yes, see because when you Darren... fall into water from great heights, it's like landing on concrete. It kills you instantly. You see Darren <laughs> emerge from the pool. And then Scott emerges from the pool. They continue to fight, but Scott is able to use a ping pong paddle to hit Darren into a bug zapper. <laughs> and you hear him go, ow. <laughs> Which is the exact moment that Patton arrives to arrest. Paxton. Paxton arrives to arrest Scott via taser. So as Scott regains consciousness in the back of the police car, he tells Paxton they have to go back. There's an important piece of technology in that bug zapper. It, they, and Paxton is like, your delusions are getting out of control. And then they hear over the police radio that there's something going down at a specific address. And, oh, my God, it is Paxton's house. Cassie is in danger. (laughs) Danger, danger. (laughs) High voltage. Um, We get to the house. And Darren is holding Cassie hostage. Scott finally is able to escape the backseat of the car and get back in the Ant-Man suit. And he goes up and Darren and Scott fight. This is a very cool miniature fight. It is. Because they show it both from the miniaturized perspective and from Cassie's perspective as she watches them fight. And it's fucking hilarious as <laughs> Scott runs through the carpet as if it's tall, as if he's running through a corn patch. And him and the Hants emerge out of nowhere. And then they fight Darren on the Thomas the Tank Engine train. Yeah. And up clo- and it's like really scary up close. And then when they zoom out and you see Cassie's perspective, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. This is so fun. So but fun. we get a train fight with an ant attack. And um, then we see that our ex-cons have arrived. Because Scotty needs us and nothing is going to stop us from getting to Scott. Except for back the house is surrounded by cops. Back it up. <laughs> back up slow. <laughs> Just back it up. Back it up. He's such like, girl, look. you look good. Won't you back your thing up? You're a fine motherfucker. Won't you such back? Such a small See, look scene, what you did. <laughs> but it's so good. It's 
so just perfectly no, the really, time. We should get one more. <laughs> so Scott tries to use his Did I mention I put Paul Bourbon in there that it should have been? Because yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Darren says it's, this would be a lot harder if you were big. And Scott says, I agree. And he tries to use his enlargement discs <laughs> to make... <laughs> He enlarges an ant to make. He just kept throwing it at his crotch. It was weird. He's like, yeah, motherfucker. He hits an ant and he turns the ant giant. And then the second time he hits Thomas the tank engine and Thomas the tank engine becomes a giant and bursts through the roof and falls on the lawn. And Percy was so upset. And then. Because he wasn't. Paxton and Gail and Maggie are standing there and Paxton's like, I'm going in. And he runs in the house and he gets almost run over by this giant ant. And then the ant runs out the door. And Gail goes, that's a messed up looking dog. <laughs> but very startling. What happened to the giant ant in the second one? Was it still there? Yeah, there's yes. a few of them. Yes. The playing ant, drums and shit. The ant is in the yeah. house with him, and he, they put the tether on it when they kidnap him. Uh, Paxton goes into the house for Cassie, and he gets to her, and he sees the yellow jacket, and he's like, get behind me, Cassie, because he's going to protect him. Mm-hmm. And Darren is still going to kill her. And but Scott tries to get into Darren's suit, but he can't get through it. And Darren goes, "It's solid titanium." And then he goes, "I'm gonna have to go subatomic." So he fries his regulator and he shrinks. Just fries regulator, he takes it out. And he takes out his regulator and he Which shrinks between idea. the molecules, and destroys Darren's suit, and goes subatomic. It sends so, him to the, to the sequel. So Darren starts to be contracted and compressed yeah, in weird areas. Rough. And eventually gets squished until he is a tiny moat of light, which then just pops out of existence. Uh, we see Scott having a bad LSD trip. He, but um, as he travels and shrinks through space and time into a realm of unbelievable and uncomprehensible being, thoughts of Cassie bring him back to consciousness and he is able to use one of the enlargement discs in place of his regulator to bring himself back. Mm-hmm. And he does. He brings himself back and he hugs Cassie and he thanks Paxton for being a good dude. And um, Paxton is like, there's a big hole in my house, dude. <laughs> He's like, but you're but, alive and so is Cassie. <laughs> but then and they become we pals. see... Yeah, now they're pals forever. We see that Hank, Scott, and Hope are all back at the Pym house. They discuss the quantum realm. They want to know if, you know, what Scott remembers, but he doesn't remember much. But it gives Hank hope that there he did survive, and if he survived... No, Hope's the girl. Perhaps Janet did as well. He doesn't have hope. He's looking for Janet, not Hope. Hope says that she will walk Scott out, and they start making out in the hallway. Out of and fucking Hank, nowhere. Oops. And Hank gives up. And he opens the door and he's like, I wish I hadn't seen that. <laughs> so Scott leaves. And so Scott says, I don't know what happened. Why did she kiss me like that? It's weird. So he leaves and Hank's like, you're so full of crap, Scott. He's like, yup. <laughs> Kept on going. And then we see him. He goes to uh, dinner at uh, Maggie and Paxton's with Cassie. And Paxton becomes the shittiest cop ever because he's now covering for Scott that he didn't really break out of jail and he was in fact released properly with all the proper paperwork and so he will not have to go back to jail for oh, Paxton will, but another year. Yeah. But 
they're all one big happy family now. Paxton respects Scott, and they're all buddy-buddy. So then Luis calls Scott and tells him another great story about Ignacio, his cousin, and an art exhibit, and a crazy, stupid, fine girl, and the Falcon, to let him know that the Falcon is looking for him. Because he whooped his ass. And then we get the credits. We get a mid-credit scene of Hank showing Hope the wasp suit, mm-hmm. a prototype that he made for Janet before Janet died, and that he thinks it's time that him and Hope finish it together. So we tease the wasp. And then we get a post-credit scene of the Falcon and Cap talking about who they can call for help. We see Bucky with one arm trapped under a press so he can't escape. And we get the tease of Civil War. The end. Well, I said to Tony when it was over, I said, I said, I remember the second movie and I remember that he was on house arrest. And I remember that Hank and Hope were on the run. But I don't remember why. <laughs> and then we watched a little. Incident we watched a little <laughs> blurb about it, and we were like, "Oh, it's in Civil War." <laughs> well, a Scarlet Witch killed a bunch of people. And anybody who was yeah. connected to that technology <laughs> a got arrested. German yeah. airport. Yeah. <laughs> like the Germans are pretty pissed off at us. Not happy. And then I think all of Wakanda wants him dead. Mm-hmm. So that's not. Right. Rhodey's not happy. So. <laughs> Um, Tony, what do you mm. think? Good pick. I thought I was being cute by writing everything really small, but now I have to read it. <laughs> and he didn't bring his glasses. Favorite character <laughs> is Scott Lang. Mm-hmm. His favorite character is Hank. I think Hank's kind of a prick. <laughs> and I and half the movie, I'm wondering, is he is he really worried about bad guys getting this tech, or is he just not want? What's his name to get his to get the tech and be mm-hmm. the famous one? Oh, I thought he was worried at least in the beginning in the flashback because his wife disappeared because of this tech. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I mean that's this I'm, tech ruined his life. Also, it's super powerful, and he doesn't want the wrong people to get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. It but, but, in a different era of warfare. But one of the things that I appreciate with Tony is Tony, they, the Supreme Court or whatever pulls Tony and and congress or whatever and pulls him in and goes look we want your tech and he's like well no and he's like well we're worried that other people are going to have it and tony goes oh other people are going to have it there's nothing going to stop that but you're not taking my tech where hank pym's like i'm going to go hide in a basement and jerk off for 30 years (laughs) and nobody's ever going to figure it out no somebody's going to figure it out dude you figured it out somebody's going to figure it out so i appreciated that and then tony was like well let's see is that oh here's north korea don't worry about hammer well we're not (laughs) is that hammer we're not talking about iron man iron man too great movies hey hey my bird nope it's a great movie he doesn't speak my bird that might be number 11 on my list i don't like iron man i know my favorite line is uh, look my days of breaking into place and stealing shit are over damn it you stole my line (laughs) so what's the job um, my favorite scene is the, the Thomas the Tank <laughs> fight when when fucking um, Yellow Jacket the train's coming at him and he screams and goes no and it just hits him it falls over <laughs> like in I laugh uh, every fucking time night at the museum yeah turn his head into a watermelon and hits him and just <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object is uh, Hank has a Triumph Spitfire that I thought was really cool it's like 
And uh, oh yeah, this movie I like it a lot. I think it's great. All right, John. Yeah. What do you think? Um, favorite so character is obviously Lewis. Hope. Lewis. Oh. <laughs> because Lewis is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. At least favorite character is Hope. She's what? a giant piece of shit. Didn't see that coming. But or she's sometimes a little piece of shit. It depends on the one. She has a character arc. She Pimple. comes around she does. and becomes a better because person. Because by the time that we get to Ant-Man Quantumania, she's probably my favorite character in that movie, which is not saying much because everybody's a piece of shit in that movie. It was quite a turn. Fair. Yeah. So she, she, she does have a character arc, at I least. Like she does get better. I like that movie. It's... Still, I I'm just still saying, like it. The writers didn't do her any justice in here. They made her an asshole to the wrong people for the wrong reasons. Anyway, so my favorite line, Tony Stoll. So my backup, mm-hmm. it's it's really important to me that you don't let Cap know anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite scene is anytime that Lewis is explaining about his conversation with his cousin Ignacio. Mm-hmm. Any of those. They're great. Mm-hmm. Anything like that is great. And my favorite tertiary object is Thomas the Tank Engine because my son used to like Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. When Cross used to say Percy, it was the cutest thing. It was Poithy. <laughs> <laughs> but then he learned how right. to say Percy. Uh, was that a yay, nay, maybe? Uh, I'll yay it. I mean, if you're going to watch an Ant-Man movie, this is probably not the one to watch. Watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> but this is a solid number two. It's, it's hard Which is what the third one is. is solid number two. <laughs> yeah. It's not a loose <laughs> tool. Which is funny because the third one is a loose shit. This one's a... <laughs> solid number two. Well, it's hard when a sequel is... It's it's rare that a sequel is better than, than the original. Well, because at least they were up front but about it. But I feel like, like it, it happens a lot in Marvel They movies. tried to backdoor this was a, a Wasp movie too. Because they were like, here's Hope, here's Hope, here's back. Hope. Yeah, but then she... At least this one they were like, Hope's in the movie. But then she said, vaccines aren't real, so they banned her from Hollywood. Yeah. And it's dumb. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're not... It has nothing to do with her fucking acting ability. No, and they did her character wrong in this. Mm. Well, she had an arc, though. She does. Girly. Mm-hmm. All right. My favorite character is Scott. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Cross. Mm-hmm. Not our son, Darren. He, he killed all those babies. <laughs> he makes baby you want to jump, jump. He <laughs> <laughs> did kill a lot of babies. Wait, he just killed that dude in the bathroom. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they wiped it up. Do you not think there's him. any more of those animals in the building that Scott exploded? He killed probably a bunch, yeah, and all those yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you, you still your favorite? Yeah, <laughs> the 13th floor could just be the lamb. The lamb. Yeah, they could have nothing but lambs. I mean, in there. He walked into it. He was like, "You don't, you don't agree with how I want to do things." Splat. Yeah, I mean, it's cold blood. Yeah. Like, what the five figures say to the face? And he was like, "Show my face." Uh, my favorite scene is the fight in the daughter's bedroom. My favorite line is, it's not too often that you rob a place and then get welcome back. <laughs> and uh, my favorite tertiary object is a giant ant. Yeah. I thought it was funny. That's a good object. And I will also yay it. Elaine's so happy right now. I am happy. <laughs> well, it's hard sometimes when you pick a movie you really like. And I know this is not your favorite movie. And you give Ant-Man a lot of shit. Because so he's a had, shitty you, character. You could have given me a yay. But... This? You don't like Ant Man? No. Why not? He's not cool. Ant Man. He's not cool. He's, he's a nice guy. Like, no, he's not cool. I said he's not cool. He's, he's not nice cool. Guy. He's nice. He's not cool. Like, there's a lot of people that are nice but not cool. John hmm. wants cool. I like. Cool. That's why he likes Tony Stark and not. Well, Captain he may America. get cool. He's Look, just kind of like better Captain to be Look. dead and cool. That's true. <laughs> I'm not cool. Ant Man's a square. It's all brand for him. <laughs> 
You are right. But I was surprised I was going to get four yays. Carly and, nailed it right and there. And to be honest, Carly can be a very big wild card. Sometimes she just doesn't like things that are good. Sometimes she does her own movie. She's like, yeah, I picked this movie. What do you think? I hated it. I'm sorry, you Sometimes picked it. she surprises me with, and just is bored by things or whatever. She can be a wild card. She's crazy. She could have may baited. it. Um, I think I'm going to get that tattooed on my back. My favorite character <laughs> is Ant-Man. I really like him, and I find this movie overall to be quite delightful. It's like it, and when you when I was looking at like the director and I was seeing the other things that he directed, and I was like, these movies are all good. This is and the writers they wrote movies that are all just good. They're just a good fun time, and I feel like there wasn't even though there were stakes in this movie, they weren't like the end of the world stakes. It was you know keeping. I drew get some tech. Yeah, sucks, but which they got tech anyway. If Hydra had gotten the tech, then we would have then Ant Man. They would have made an army of Ant Man. Like it would have been a thing. But even Wasp. I mean, a Yellow Jacket's not Ant Man. No, no. But Hank perhaps might have given his technology, which was more stable and whatever. But it was a thing. And but overall, I find this movie just fun and lighthearted. And I don't always want death and destruction and the end of the universe and depressing shit in my here in my movies. I like a lighthearted movie and I think that's why Ragnarok is so good because it's lighthearted and Guardians is so good because it's lighthearted. Lighthearted? They destroyed a planet. That was his dad. <laughs> Anyways, well, so... Well, technically his sister did it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, my least favorite character is Darren because he's a butthead and crazy. He's uh, a solid number two. He is a solid number two. Uh, my favorite scene is the training montage, especially when he's afraid of the ants and he keeps like freaking out and keep becoming big that. through the. Tony goes. Carly said that we were Why watching. Why do you it? think this is Elaine's favorite? I said, well, it's fun and it's more lighthearted, and she loves a montage. She loves a montage. And now there's a timer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like every time it popped up. I was like, there's another reason. There's another reason. (laughs) It's very on brand for me. My favorite line is back it up, back it up slow. Just back it up. It's so good. Um, And uh, my favorite tertiary object is waffles. Waffles? They're so good. It just. If I watch it again, that won't be my favorite tertiary object. But this time, it was waffles. In the morning, I'll make waffles. It did make me want to wait, watch the second one. Oh, that's good. Now I want to watch... Uh, uh, Shrek? No. Shrek. You said in the morning you're Civil making War. waffles. Civil War. <laughs> that's a good one, too. It's got quality Ant-Man. That movie is... Civil War is real good. It's <laughs> Avengers 2 and a half. And it's the best one. The it's, best Avengers? Yes. It's not. Hundo P. It's just it's not. Yes, it's better. Anyways, Carly? that was Ant-Man, and I give it a yay, too, because it's great. And if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. And if you haven't watched it lately, you should watch it. All right. Well, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Well, we would mad. love to hear from you. Well, no, we wouldn't want to hear from you. Elaine does. Elaine, <laughs> would love to hear from you. Especially if you're a solid number two. <laughs> But not if you're a loose stool. <laughs> Tune in next week on the podcast for John's pick for Christmas. Do you have a pick? Yeah, I got picks till next Christmas. So I was gonna do like a winter-centric movie, okay? But yeah. in the spirit of Christmas, I've decided to pick The Family Man. You did 
You already did that already. I did that already. <laughs> that's the first time. That's not the first time he's done that. I think you picked. You. I think this is the third time you've picked the family sure name. Pretty possible. Yes. Well, then I'm gonna pivot. Nicholas Cage. Yes. Yes. No, you no, did that you movie. You had me do it. I did it. Oh, okay. I think he also picked the family man last year, and we're like, you did that already. <laughs> it's been done. That's the I thought point. You're gonna do I die think hard. I'm the one that did it. All right, fine. Then I guess I'll have to do Die Hard. Didn't we already do fine. Die Hard? We did Lethal Weapon. We did one of the Die Hards, but we didn't do we did Die Hard the three. one that he wants. We didn't do Die Hard? No. no. We okay. did. Because it's my gift to myself okay. since I've already, I picked the movie we've already done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, come back. You want to know what the worst part is? I'm not sure if that's a bit or not. <laughs> it could be a bit. Or he could just have not realize he, we already did it. And that, my friends, is how you play the game. Ha, 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 ha